And we are rolling. Da, 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 da. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And unto this mass movement destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow. It is we, Mass Movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 24 of the Mass Movement Podcast. 24, 24. 24. We're almost a quarter of a century, mate. Half my age. (laughs) (laughs) Not quarter of a century, 24. (laughs) Uh, I'm joined by the Paul Bearer to my undertaker, uh, (laughs) Mr. Tim Kundal. How you doing, Tim? You alright? I'm alright, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. Paul Bearer, you twat. Drown you in the toilet, (laughs) I swear to God. One day. Where's One Christopher? Day. Floating down the tubes. They all float down here. We've both been uh, working tirelessly once more to bring you another great show where we'll be taking in the new Bill and Ted movie, Face the Music, as well as re- revisiting the, uh, the original two movies. Uh, we're exploring a long forgotten Disney band, um, which we only discovered. This hey, Licks! Yes! I know. And, uh, and how can we not talk about. Season two of the Mandalorian. Oh, oh it's so just good. ticking all the boxes, so isn't it? Good. On top it's of that, we've the finger of the bum. <laughs> on top of that, we'd be deep diving uh, some classic New York hardcore with the Cro-Mags. and with the end of his career in finally in sight, uh, we'll be taking a look at the well, the wrestling's greatest careers. Uh, that'll be that'll be Undertaker. Indeed. So uh, lots to look forward to. But first of all, we got some beer to drink and some. Drinks to drink and some regular drinks to drink, <laughs> non-alcoholic drinks. Some poncy energy <laughs> drinks to drink. Yeah. First of all, we've both got a, um, a peanut riot here from Fierce Beers in based out in Aberdeen. It's part of the um, the Beer Fifty Two uh, Christmas Awards box set. Okay. So um, and it, it's really really nice. My step my stepbrother stepsister's in Aberdeen. Okay. Because they both work in the oil, uh, oil industry. Right, yeah, of course. Because I'm like the black sheep of the family. Because <laughs> um, they've done really, really well for themselves. I'm all my cousins out as well. And I'm the only one who hasn't. I am the only one without a pot in which to piss. Dip your look like you're a public author. Yeah, but I am. Without a pot in which to piss. It's not. <laughs> well, yes, you know, it's kudos and artistic merit yeah. and all the, all the yeah. rest of Bump. All the stuff that doesn't pay money. Yeah, but you know, I, w- I would like, I would like some, you know, hard cash, <laughs> moolah, and I'd like some people to buy my fucking work, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. So what we say about this, Tim? Peanut riot. It's lovely. It is lovely. Yeah, and, and it's, it's got a nice chocolatey sort of um, undertone. Yeah. Is is not just peanut? It's more like chocolate. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the peanut, but it's like an aftertaste. It's not yeah. Like a, it's not like an immediate hit, is it? Well, it's like when you're really, really pissed and you have a bath full of salted peanuts. Yeah. And then they regurgitate on you when you're trying to, when you're trying to sleep and the room's spinning around you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing. No, there's a bad thing, because that's a really good thing. It's the only thing that keeps you like, oh, stable on planet Earth. 
this, this has been a... <laughs> I can't quite believe this, but uh, the write-up of this beer says it's been approved by Ken Hom. <laughs> Ken Hom. Of, of the what guy? Well, I, I know Ken Hom is, like, <laughs> but of all the people you're going to get to approve your beer, you know? It's strange, isn't it? Ken Hom. Well, uh, did you, ever, did you get the big list? A big, like, tick-off list and write down the number 73 yeah. is Ken Hom and like he doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to do it he doesn't yeah. want to do it, he doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to. well this one must be paid nope <laughs> nope 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 oh Ken Hom oh, I right, that's a David Hasselhoff who's Ken Hom <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I would like to imagine that Ken Hom is somewhere above the Hoff yeah because you know the Hoff's a bit of a knob so give us a definite thumbs up yeah definitely thumbs up I mean look at the body and that crust on white it's like you're starting to sound like a proper beer. Oh, yeah, look right. at the body on that. Look at it. And I wiggle my grass around. Honest to God. Five, it tastes six. good, right? And that's all you need to know. It yeah. tastes good and it goes down a treat. And I would drink more of this any day of the week. Yeah. However, I also discovered an amazing beer yeah. in um, Tesco. Mm-hmm. It's like Boss Letter Brewery from Belgium. And it's a proper Belgian triple, right? Okay. So it's in a wine sized bottle for a five at eight and a half percent. Christ. Knock yourself out, kids, and it tastes amazing. Kids, like, like <laughs> get, a on pro- kids. get on it, kids. Get on it, kids. Pop it down, run down the aisles, drinking it. The security <laughs> chases after you. And tell them mass movements. <laughs> yeah. And if they don't, no, like, it, and if they don't like it, they can hit, lick my hairy old man balls because I couldn't give two fucks no more. We drink anything else this week, or maybe that Belgian triple. Yeah. And um, there's an amazing sort of. Uh, marshmallow stout from Brewdog and some of what it's called. Okay. From Brewdog? <sighs> yeah. Oh, good God. God, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's almost as good as their like triple hazy punk IPA that's been supercharged. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to um, Tiny Rebel they're putting out the uh, marshmallow porter for this kind of for Christmas. It's yeah. got the, uh, the Irish cream added to it as well in the mix. Well, they haven't. Well, they boost it. Is this an imperial porter? They're just going to keep us normal. I'm not sure. It's, it's, I think it's been released. I haven't read it about it yet. But right, well, we need to tag them in this so there's a sense of big box. I know, yeah, yeah. So I can get proper fucked up and show everybody my penis and <laughs> go to jail. Because they made my all time favourite beer so far. The, the last Christmas, it was called, obviously after Die Hard. Yeah. It was called Welcome to the Party Pal. Right. Um, and it was a beer mixed with a. Uh, what's that stuff called? Yellow stuff. Spurs. What's <laughs> that Christmas um, liqueur? Eggnog. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was in the brewery last year in Time River Brewery, and I was quaffing pints of that, and it was going down a treat. And it, it's obviously it must be a festive thing because it's not been seen since. So I'm hoping. No, you bloody Rebel. drunk it all. That's why. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's a whole vat of Christmas one. It's on May. Me and Mike Davis. Yeah, we it's both here. So. Oh well, that, the one thing on May did again. So Mike coming, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> drink it all down right this is going to be weird so should we switch it up now and go to energy yeah yeah so you've been kindly sent some energy drinks yeah yeah mass movement sent some energy, energy drinks it's called energy it's an antioxidant revitalizer tropical lime flavour and it's all natural but is it meant to be which means it's made after by, a beer well I don't know it's made by hippies in the jungle that's what it sounds like that's going to be a while right? we ran out of cocaine so we'll make energy drinks <laughs> Caffeine-free. Good God, that's sharp. Oh, it's definitely lime. Yeah. Oh, there it is. oh I like that. Though. Oh, I do you like that? Makes you pull that face like, you, like you've been fluffing dongs on a porno <laughs> set. 
<laughs> what the hell do you come up with that shit? Well, it doesn't. It's like... <laughs> dongs on the corners there. Oh, that is lovely. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, I like that. Energy. So are they pretty UK-based? I'm, I'm not sure. I think so, yeah. Vegan. Vegan friendly, UK-based, and it's really, really nice, actually. That is really nice. For an energy drink, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, because when you said, like, oh, i got some energy drinks, I'm like, oh, I'm not picking an energy drink. I, in fact, I, I, um, stay, I stay away from it all entirely. Unless I'm about to masturbate to 70s porn. <laughs> I don't need no <laughs> you energy. Need <laughs> I don't need any energy. I'm quite happy being a lazy slob with this in here. No, I do the no. whole energy drink thing, though. I mean, I think kids are like, you know, it's kids got it too much they, 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 you see crowds of kids in the shops and all buying energy drinks all the time and I'm sure they can't be good for me I don't know what shops you're going to but I never see kids in the shop and if I do see kids in the shop they tend to avoid me <laughs> <laughs> which is a good thing yeah 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 you know. so you want it so yeah because I don't want to be like labelled as my terrible Pied Piper Hamlin thing like so thumbs up to uh, energy for sure oh definitely this is definitely recommended yeah. if you like that kind of thing. Tropical lime, this is. So, if you want to send us more, we'll, we'll sample them. <laughs> <laughs> sample them and swig them back down yeah. and get some donors. What's up, everybody? It's John Bush from Armored Saints, and you are listening to the Mask Little Bit podcast. So, blast it. So, while we're enjoying them, let's talk about Bill and Ted. Face uh, music dropped, uh, what, just over a month ago now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you've, you've seen it, I've seen it. Yes. Happy? Yes. Yes. I was. I've, I've heard some you know, rumblings, like sort of these people weren't happy with it. I don't know what they were expecting. What did surprise me was that somewhere between um, Bo's journey and now, mm. Alex Winter learned how to act. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He's brilliant. He steals yeah. the entire show. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much I like the whole pass of the next generation to you know and it's always a bit cheap when they do that yeah it like just felt like a, it just felt like a total cop out yeah like Rufus got it wrong man that's a did something George Carlin George Carlin never got it wrong he's yeah. the funniest man alive fuck you but the girls I, I enjoyed the girls well, of course you did <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed oh, the girls both of them I it was a, it was a delicious threesome and Christopher <laughs> just beginning to come around afterwards I enjoyed the girls <laughs> no I thought they were um, did you realise when you said I enjoyed the girls, you slipped into a totally curving? You were, <laughs> yeah. You became like Clancy Brown. No, there can be only one. That's what John Evans calls me anyway, so. A Kurgan. Kurgan. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a name for everybody, cheeky bastard. <laughs> shout out to John. Oh, shout out to John. Love John. Yeah, oh, but um, it was, so, I can't say it was better than the other two. No, it's different. It's just it, not... Yeah. But they're all different, you know what I mean? It's like the first one um, I saw in the cinema when oh, I was. You went the proper experience. You were in California, yeah. weren't you? No, no, for the first one I saw in the cinema in Swansea. Right, oh, that's different. Because it was on for like a week. <laughs> so, yeah, when you the proper experience, yeah, I went to like, drove through the burning wrecks and all <laughs> the world collapsing around me, and I went to the Swansea Multiplex. Yeah. So, but I was like seven, seven, 16, 17, right? Um, and there's only five of us in the cinema scene first one yeah because it wasn't a great big hit over here on the cinema it was like a big hit on, on video yeah but hardly anybody saw Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in cinema I saw Bogus Journey in California that's in um fuck me Bokehurst okay which is 
outside the year 70. Because I've, right, okay. I've been on, hanging on your 70 thing. Yeah, yeah. Looking for Yogi Bear and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, um, your 70's gorgeous. I, I could quite happily live there. Just yeah, like, yeah. rifle into the forest and make a little wood cabin and shoot any <laughs> pricks who came near me. Yeah, so you saw, like, Bogus Journey in the heart of where. Yeah. In, in California, California. Yeah, which is lovely. That's awesome. I mean, for me, you know, it was almost justification because do you know all the moshers, metal kids, hard looking as pumpkin, we all got bullied in school. Yeah. And when these movies came up, they were name dropping like Iron Maiden in the first one. They were name dropping Megadeth in the second one. Yeah. I'm like, see, I fucking told you. I've well, been through these bands for fucking years. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> By the time like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came around, I'd been through all the bullying. Hmm. And I started fighting back and hitting people with chairs if they gave me shit. <laughs> so by that point, I just didn't care. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? This is part of my cultural lexicon anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just going to ride with it and go with the flow and just enjoy the film for what it is. Um, but then when Bogus Journey came around, I thought there was a character in that film that was much better than Bill and Ted. Right? Okay, there you go. And the fact they brought him back in the third one yeah. was perfect. Yeah. Because you're talking about death. I'm talking about death. Yeah. William Sadler. William Sadler. Yeah. Ab, 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 you sunk my battleship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was absolutely right. I made the wigs. It's just a, it's a perfect <laughs> yeah. portrayal. And, you know, William Sadler's taking the mick out of himself all the way through that. Film. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just having an absolute riot with it. Because the only thing I knew from before then was Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then to see him go from that role to death, you just think, this guy's got some serious yeah. chops. You know? yeah, he yeah. could really go somewhere. And he never seemed to do it. No. He never seemed to fit the, the, the traditional role of the leading man. And that really annoyed me. That's yeah. the one That's the one big hang-up I got with those films, that William Sadler never seemed to get the breaks that William Sadler deserved. And it pissed me off, because death was awesome. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. Death is awesome. Yeah, ah, it's like, rapper. It's like every death metal record you ever heard. Death is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I wouldn't, yeah, like I said, I, I read them all really. I see more of different films. I mean, they, they sort of shaped me almost. I mean, I remember um, when Excellent Adventure came out. I was, yeah. I was saying that it was, uh, I was at that transition period. I was like, I didn't know sort of how I wanted to express myself. I was into music. Where I was like, yeah, okay, I want to dress like this now. I want to, and then I, I started. I was basically Ted, uh, okay, for the longest time, like you know, um, you know, cap backwards. Sorry, Bill, cap backwards, um, check shirts. That was me. That was they. So they helped shape my identity and gave me that confidence to go forward. They were mentioning these bands I was into in the mainstream, whereas you know you've got shit kicked out of you all for school mm-hmm. for liking these bands, and now these sort of same people are going to cinema. And listen to that music and go, oh, actually, they're not bad, are they that bad? I'm like, you motherfucker. Well, that, 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 that's, exa- that's exactly yeah. how I feel about when people start going, I like, I quite like the offspring I does, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I quite like yeah. Green Day. No, you fucking don't. Yeah. You like this song you've heard on the fucking radio yeah. that I've been telling you about, these bands for years. Yeah. And you would hit me in the head with a wooden plank or try to glass me because I listen to these bands. Oh, you think I was so fucking funny? Yeah. Because it's been given like mainstream airplay. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's like, okay. It's like that mainstream acceptance. It's now okay for you to like it because everybody else does. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can't think for yourself. Yeah. And that's 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 like Bill and Ted's whole thing. It's about individuality and asserting your own artistic creative endeavour. Yeah. Over what the mainstream tells you you should be doing. Definitely. So, 
And it was just, it was like, it, it ended really nice from, um, I was happy Saving all reality like, and saving creation. Doesn't yeah. get much better than that. Yeah, exactly. And I was just really happy they rounded it off. Um, it's almost like the end, of, they complete the journey and I'm happy now. Don't need any more. Don't there won't be any more. No. Please don't carry on with the kids. No, they're, 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 they are done. They yeah. are absolutely done. I mean, Keanu Reeves has got, what, um, Matrix 4 and John Wick 4 coming up. Yeah. So it's a big year for him. And Alex Woods has got that Frank Zappa documentary, which yeah. I'm dying of, you can see. He's, he's starting to make a real name for himself as a documentary. Well, yeah. I, I, I just, it's just the fact that there's a documentary about Zappa. I really want to see it. You're a big Zappa fan, yeah? I would say I'm a big Zappa fan. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get Zappa for years. Just and fascinating. So my daughter's you. godfather, yeah. Ian, um, made me sit down and listen to like 50 hours of Frank Zappa with him. Because he's got every Frank Zappa ever Really? He's a, a Zappa mega fan. Yeah. Um, and I've always loved Joe's Garage, the first okay. act. And that's that, that's a, that's a near perfect record. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, there's an awesome song on YouTube and on it's on Spotify, for And it's Titties and Beer. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know it? I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. With Frank Zappa and Terry Bozier doing the interplay as the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like perfect. Bro. That's a perfect Zappa moment because he just didn't, didn't care. Yeah. Because it was like, it's about pushing your know, artistic freedom to its absolute zenith. Yeah. And that's yeah. what he did. And that's why I love the guy, and that's why I want to see that documentary. Awesome. Right, right. Yeah, I was with him. He's um, like you said, he's he's learned to act as well. It's it's weird. I know. I know the, the, Who knew? I know. <laughs> I remember him. I remember him. Lost Boys, obviously. Bill and Ted, and he was in Death One well, of Death Wishes as well, wasn't he? Is he? Yeah, only briefly, but he's in one of the death. I, mean, I know he's in Lost Boys, but he's just that sort of pouty vampire thing in Lost Boys. Yeah, so yeah. I have no time for him whatsoever. He's going to kind of look pretty in the background. Like, Emma, Emma, my wife, is a massive sort of Lost Boys yeah. fan, and we have never seen the film together because I can't stand it. <laughs> Not a fan of pretty vampires. Oh, God. The only, <laughs> the only vampire film we agree on is Near Dark. Okay. Because um, she just likes stuff like 30 Days a Night. Yeah, yeah. Which I absolutely adore. I think that's one of the greatest yeah. vampire films ever made. Very clever movie. Um, yeah. Partly because it's you know, written by Steve Niles, and the book is just oh, wonderful. And Steve, Steve, big shot at Steve Niles because the dude rules. <laughs> he is just, he, and he's the sweetest guy. Yeah. And we really did a proper sweet guy. Um, but yeah, just amazing. Boogies, <laughs> bruises, trumpets, and losers. Don't touch the fucking vertical, don't touch the fucking horizontal, because that's television. This is the Mass Movement Podcast. Take care, rock hard, rock heavy, rock animal, and may your children be born with hair. The Mandalorian Season 2 has dropped. It has. And it's fantastic. So we're up to uh, Episode 3 as we record now. Um, so I take you've seen Episode 3. Oh, yeah. So I'm not going to spoil it. No, no, we're going to spoil it for everybody else, though. <laughs> so continue to warn. Because we're those kind of bastards. <laughs> so what, what do you think? Superb. Yeah. Superb. Absolutely superb. They yeah, um, haven't dropped the ball. They just picked up exactly where they left. And I think uh, Ridley Scott needs to give him a call about episode two and say, where's my share of the moolah? Yeah, yeah. Because it's totally alien. And aliens. Yeah, which was, uh, episode two was... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spy yeah. the Cat. I, mean, yes. I know it borrowed like uh, original artwork from the Empire Strikes Back to yeah. the, the Ice Monsters, um, but 
Yoda walk amongst the baby Yoda walk amongst the eggs that are on the yeah. floor and just you know what opens up oh I'll take it out there and then the rest of the spiders coming out that's like my two worst nightmares man there's been a lot of stick about that yeah, like you know oh, baby Yoda's bloody causing genocide well, yeah yeah <laughs> but you know eating the, fro- eating, the, eating the frog eggs too yeah yeah I was kind of oh. but it's um, episode 3 really sort of picked up about where it, you know, it kicked off where the main storyline for this season I think. yeah with Bo-Katan um, yeah so basically and I thought they were going to go in a different direction yeah I think in the first episode and they appeared to Boba Fett at the end because you know if you haven't seen it by now Tough Titty yeah I mean if you haven't seen the episode one by now mm. you know Star Wars fan or but they appeared to Boba Fett at the end yeah and you think oh it's going to be something to mm. and then there's all those rumours that have started coming up that yeah they're actually shooting a Boba Fett miniseries which is why they put yes Boba Fett at the end it's called the Buccaneer it could be just like a tie in sort of thing like yeah yeah just... so it's going to show what happens to Boba Fett from that point yeah. from the point he leaves the Sarlacc but I guess the Sarlacc but to the point he arrives up there I can't wait to see what they come point he you know, tries to track and get his arm down his arm and get his arm yeah. back because you know oh. but at the end of episode 3 just super it was just um, put back to that episode it was, it was good to see that the Tuscan Raiders have some good screen time Tuscan yeah. Raiders have always been one of those um, characters you love in Star Wars you know because mm. you know it's just they're, they're iconic aren't they but they're just not giving much screen time you know and off they go but it's I mean episode 2 is a little, bit high, communicate, it's a little bit high noon in sort of big western for me you know like Stranger Rising the Town helps the, yeah. the sheriff conquer the big bad guys and saves the town and teams up with all the locals who yeah. are sort of oppressed by the big bad so yeah that very sort of wet sort the whole of thing's got a western feel hasn't it yeah but that's not a bad thing it's, no not at all I quite like sub-westerns yeah uh, especially spaghetti westerns yeah 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 and you've seen like episode three, we go back to episode three of Bo-Katan yeah they're being played by the only blonde in the world who I absolutely adore well there's two blondes in the world actually, and they both come from the same series I met Katie Sackhoff in Cardiff City Centre did you? yeah and she was walking with her boyfriend at the time whose name I've completely forgotten Carl Urban Carl Urban I was like who's Carl Urban who's Katie Sackhoff oh, you say excuse yeah. me Carl Urban I'm going to pay Katie Sackhoff £10 to beat me up <laughs> <laughs> yeah knock yourself out kid <laughs> yeah yeah, and um, obviously um, the other one is uh, Sasha Banks from WWE. Um, the other the girl in the, uh, the, the trio. Yeah, yeah. Sasha Banks. It was good to see her because there was room. There was a couple of rumors about who she was going to be. And in fact, they allude to that Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, is going to be in it, which we know is Rosario Dawson. Dawson so yeah. that's going to be exciting to look forward to. I mean, it's all so, just. I don't think I'm going to be able to take myself and Rosario Dawson because I'm across the screen. <laughs> You're like Rosario. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's calm down. First of all, let's, let's finish off talking about Mandalorian. <laughs> it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's awesome. If you're a Star Wars fan, you'll be into it. If you're not a Star Wars fan, I mean, I know non Star Wars fans who get into Mandalorian. That's the thing, you don't have to be uh, a long time devotee. It's one of those series that opens itself to yeah. you, know, you just dive in whenever you want to dive in. I think with Star Wars and Star Trek and franchise and all that people think you've got to have like a walls go back knowledge yeah you'll be massively steeped in, in the mythology and the yeah. canon and you, that's not necessarily not Mandalorian case, no. not, not you know more so with Discovery I think yeah which is also just ruling yeah. on Netflix but um, yeah Mandalorian so we to get into Mandalorian it's just so good it's on Disney Plus go and check it out 
Uh, we're very excited about this next track we're going to have. It's the new track from Assert. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. I know you're, you're friends with, uh, with Britannia. Yeah, me and Britt go back a way. Yeah, so. yeah. Britt is my boy, man. He's one of the funniest, most genuine blokes I've ever met. And one of this damn virus, we would have had a cert back in yeah. Cardiff by yeah. now. Oh. But uh, anyway, this is their new song, so we're, we're very pleased to be having it. It's called New World Order, and here it I is. It rules. Did you know? Here's the thing, Steve. He was once called one of the most dangerous men in Britain. 
one of the most subversive men you've ever met. Really? The Times or the Guardian's one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? uh, and he taught he taught me um, <laughs> what to do when the cop was taking the back of the car. Right. And you know how to kick out. Okay. I'm not I'm not gonna go even now. But okay. <laughs> wow. Hello everybody, this is Igor Cavalera from Peprick, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Tim, you've got a new book out. I do. It's called What Would Gary Gygax Do? It is. And it came out uh, a week ago on Earth Island Books. Yeah. And... Tell us about it. How are you feeling about it? No, it's um, I love the way it looks. I really do. I think it's, it, it looks how it's always supposed to have looked in my brain. Yeah. My and that's mainly down to the fact that Rachel did all the artwork for it. Yeah. Um, Rachel Evans was a fantastic book artist. So she worked on your previous book, didn't she? Yeah. And yeah. she's working on some other stuff. I'm working on some other stuff with Rachel as well. Yeah. Um, but she's literally one of the best artists. She's got her own unique style that's just perfectly in keeping with the way I envision things in my head. So did she? Did you go to her with the book? Did you just give her the book and say, crack on? Or did you say, look, this is what I was thinking? This is yeah, I, no, I, I gave her the book and I just said, go go for it. Okay. Do what you want. This is this story. Yeah. You come up with the image that I don't want. Yeah, yeah. Give you any tips or... Point is, you just write what comes. To, you just draw what comes to mind. Yeah. When you write the story, you just draw exactly what comes to mind. And that's what she did. Okay. Um, it's a collection of short stories. Yeah. And so I write a passage most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, are these sort of like based on experiences? They're all based on experiences. They're all they're all yeah. based on experiences. Anything that's in the app book that directly relates to me is a is a factual experience. Okay. Been part of my life wow okay that's interesting uh, <laughs> um, yeah I've I, I also got a shout out make a massive shout out to Jethro Campbell War okay because there's two comic strips at the end of the book yeah um, there's like Super Justice Punk Rock Trio yeah which was um, like a mini comic book me and Jethro did years ago with an issue of Mass Movement and there's something called The Hallowed Halls of Harcordia which right. sort of combines hardcore and Dungeons and Dragons right um, and Jethro was the artist of both of those. So I saw all the scripts and Jethro with them. They were also included in the book, and they are. They are some of the things I'm most proud of. Like how it holds a hardcore, I'm really, really proud of. I, I always thought that I really want to carry that on. Yeah. So if there is any artist out there, Jethro included, who wants to do the how it holds a hardcore with me as a comic or a zine or as, a, as an e yeah, yeah thing, just give me a shout because I would love to do that. Um, maybe turn into you know a long running comic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, I can't believe it's all based on like, sort of true experiences. Is it quite is it quite cathartic for you to sort of yeah yeah to get that out? I mean, there's some there's a couple of chapters that, which I wrote much later on, which had to be put up there. I thought yeah, um, and there was like a massive sense of release when I actually got it down on paper. Yeah. So yeah. So this is like taking in thirty years of. Yeah, because originally <laughs> various <laughs> right. different struggles. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So um, originally the whole thing up to about chapter thirty-five mm. was supposed to be published by Soft Skull Books in nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah, um, 
which is run by Xander Hicks and Xander loved it and wanted to publish it and then Xander left the company right. and it's sort of a sideline there hmm. uh, I worked with another publisher who was supposed to do it and they wanted to do it and they went under um, and it's just like the classic publishing story you know? yeah. and I held on to it for years and I spoke about it with David and he's like oh I remember seeing some of this stuff um, did it about it and he's read it and said yeah Doing it, definitely doing it. So I expanded it with other, with other stuff. And there's oh, did you get to know David? Did you? Garage. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's through Matt Sweden. So, because right, okay. he runs Engineer Rack, they've been running for years and years. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, we just sort of, I'd, I'd review his records, he'd advertise with us, and then we sort of lost right. touch with it. And he touched base and said, Would you like to um, review my book? And I said, Yeah, yeah, I'll have a good Right, oh, it's the, the punk faction. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, obviously, sort of spun off, spun off from there. And we're like, "Well, do you want to do this?" Like, yeah, yeah. Let's do this and let's do that. And so it's it's sort of snowball from there. Okay. Earth Island has gone from my books from David's books, books from my books. Yeah. Probably Ian Glasper's next book. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Ale- uh, Alexandros Alexandros's book, next book. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all the momentum's picking up. I think exponentially. Yeah. So, yeah. It comes in a great package as well. The uh, the extra yes. it. it's a yeah. limited edition um, Sony card. books get a was it like a dice? It's like a card game. game. It's just, so it's um, a dice and card game. Yeah, yeah. So like, what we got to get is do card game, which you need the dice to play with. The yeah. dice are specifically packaged to look like old Grenadier and Citadel miniatures from like the early eighties. So they right. the same packaging. Yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, let's go retro. Woo! And yeah, that was yeah. a cool little touch. That's that's what fans are gonna get into. I think you know. Yeah. So. Um, Yes, the first hundred come out. I think there's still a couple of copies left if people want to order it. But you, the only way you can get it is to order it directly from Earth Island. Yeah. Even the books now on Amazon, you can't get the card and dice set from anywhere but Earth Island. So the limited edition? Yeah, yeah, only yeah. Absolutely, time. absolutely. Okay, cool. So, yeah, go and buy that. It's buy my book, you bastards. What have would to Gary Gygax do? Buy Mr. Tim Cundall. That's right. Go to Earth Island Books and make sure you pick up the limited edition set. Indeed. You uh, will regret it. Well, you might. might. <laughs> <laughs> when you read it, you'll. <laughs> Hello, guys. This is Johnny from Astroturn, and you are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. You uh, stumbled across something really interesting this week. Now, it's not many. It's not often you sort of think about Disney and think about a metal band. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if you call them metal though. Oh, um, rock band. But just when you think you know anything about Disney, you know. Yeah. Well, we're pretty clued in about Disney. Just when you think you know everything, they go and drop this little nugget of information, and it's just like, what? I can't believe that. <laughs> so, if, there was, <laughs> if you go to YouTube, there's a, uh, a documentary called Disney's Forgotten Sci Fi Band. Yeah. An incredible documentary. Yeah, it's... and it's awesome. It's basically a band called Helix, yeah. who performed on Disney sites. Well, they, no, they only, oh, formed, they only formed the one, one the California. In, in Disneyland. They were on the yeah. Space Mountain stage in, in California. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, for one summer in 1981 yeah point. they wanted to sort of uh, spice things up a bit weren't they, they yeah. the trend was changing it was from the sort of family friendly shows you know to sort of like oh I mean you more know, teen friendly sort of young yeah. Yeah, yeah so Star Wars was big Kiss was big and they wanted to sort of like mix that up so they grabbed the guy Mike Post <laughs> who would go on to do the A-Team soundtrack <laughs> and they get him to put together this band and they got a big Wookiee type thing on bass. 
They got an alien on keyboards. They got a, the hot well, Stone singer. Stone on keyboard. You got Stone the hot Trooper, singer. Yeah. You got like the Han Solo figures, the lead guitarist, yeah. some weird dude in a in a sort of tubey suit playing the drums, yeah. and the little sort of um, troll goblin thing, acrobat. Yes, who's running around pestering everybody on the yeah, stage yeah, with, with various percussions. Yeah, yeah. it's just fantastic. I know. It's, just, it's just one of those forgotten little I, things about Disney that's awesome. I, I was, I see when I saw, it, I thought they're a PG version of Guar. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what they are. Yeah, yeah. But um, it all just went disastrously wrong for. Them. Yeah, yeah. And not for them, but for the whole behind-the-scenes shenanigans and behind-the-scenes dealings and, and record-label nonsense, I guess. And you know, well, they went through within that wherever it was, six, eight months, wherever they were together. They went through everything a rock band goes through. Yeah. Um, there was a love interest. You know, there was a bit of a love thing going on there. There was uh, disputes about sort of costumes and, and the way they produce them, the way they you know, put themselves out there. There was about songs and royal. It was just everything. They went through the whole thing. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, it's an amazing film. This documentary yeah. just tells this wonderful rock and roll story of the best band you've never yeah. heard of. I was astounded they got away with a song called Jailbait. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in like <laughs> a bloody space mountain yeah. singing jailbait. Yeah. And you just go, wow, that would never fly these that, days. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, different times, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People always say, oh, different times, you know. Well, not really. <laughs> times are just times. People had worse haircuts and, you know. Yeah. Didn't know that Jimmy Savile was a pedo. That, that's about the only difference. And underage. And kids were still kids. Yeah. They were still jailbait then. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, so... um Go watch it. It's on YouTube. And it's it's amazing. It's about an hour and a half long, and it's absolutely amazing. All you have to do is type in Halix Disney. That's yeah. H A L Y X, and it's the best ninety minutes you'll spend. But you'll get it from the off as well. It's like the imagery is there as well. Yeah. It's just the it's just, stuff. It's, it's, like, just it's just a gorgeous film by an incredible band. And, yeah. You know, and they're yeah. all still around. Well, one of them. One of them dies. Yeah. Laura Singer. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Passed away. Yeah. Before um, any of this started coming, you know, out again, and before she could see the impact she's had on so many people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, incredible. So go check it out, man. Okay, so let's have another track. Um, we've had this band before uh, on the show called They Live, We Sleep. They're from Wales. They got a new. They are so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember being battered yeah. in that warehouse show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are just. They're one of those bands who, once you see them, you will never forget them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I keep pushing, like, David Energy, sign this band, sign Yeah. Just sign them, because got, you've got to put their records yeah. up. They are so good. For fans of, like, Nails and Trap and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, this is called False Gods. It's from their new split with Sense Offender. Fuck that! 
that was They Live, We Sleep with False Gods. That's from their forthcoming split with Sense Offender, which is out on the 4th of December on Trepanation Records uh, for the CD. But the tape, if you're so inclined, comes out on FHED. Hi, this is Barney Veer from Night Farm Death. And through my many years of association, you're listening to Mass Movement. You've uh, been checking out the new Guardians of the Galaxy book. Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy. Slightly controversial. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they kill off um, Star-Lord. Star-Lord, okay. Tell us more. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know, it's, it's like, it's like a, um, an undercover about mad gods coming back with the rise of the Olympians and Peter Quill and Rocket being Guardians. Um, yeah always been who they are go off to fight gods and when you go off to fight gods sometimes you have to make the ultimate sacrifice yeah I mean he'll be back because no you know death is never forever in the four color universe but the fact that somebody you know Al Ewing just goes ha Pete Quill do you like Pete Quill fuck you you're out of here bye bye and it was kind of a shocking moment because even when you're reading it you don't for a second think the Quill's going to bite the big one you don't you just think uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, North is blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, fuck like me, he's dead. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, Where'd you okay. go from there? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so is, this the first, is this the first in this new series? Or it's. It? Well, this is the first, Then it says it's like the collection of the first like six issues. Right, okay. Um, and it's. Again, it's how you and just putting his stamp on something because the guy just can't fail. He is, you know. Yeah. Comic book gold. With like Marvel's kitchen machine. You know, yeah, yeah. Get if we need if we need a great story, get out you again. He's, you know, he's one of the he's slowly becoming the premium writers of his generation. Yeah, yeah. Um, fundamentally I think it's because he understands the characters and he loves comics and it's in his blood. Who is the who is the the Guardians at this point? It's... So it's still the same team. Yeah. So it's Gamora, Drax, Rocket, Group, and Quill. Yeah. And it's also Moon Dragon and Bell. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, go check it out. That's out on. Um, this is Marvel. Marvel school. Yeah. Oh, Panini have done the UK version of it. Panini. Yeah. Okay. So it's like Marvel Panini. So you should be able to get that in WH Smiths. Okay. Or anywhere you can get like Panini times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick it up. Because um, Panini have picked up. You know, Panini done you know a roaring trade. Yeah. And they they know which books to pick up. Okay. And which not to. Yeah, so yeah. So all the imprint, Marvel imprints they do here are just superb. And there's a lot of love and care and attention on them with it put together. Because they, they differ from the, from the US versions. Yeah. Um, different car stock, different paper stock, and they just feel better. Right, okay. You know? Yeah. More British. More British. Uh, more British, more, more hefty. <laughs> but yeah, just, yeah, more hefty. Yeah. yeah that's it, that's a good one. More bang for your but, buck. <laughs> they feel more like I like my ladies. All right, cool. Something else that um, surprised a lot of people, not surprised me, but is the new Mr. Bungle album. Now, oh, I know that we that spoke about... The, that shot the crap out of me. Well, we, we spoke about Mr. Bungle, oh, I don't know, about seven, six, seven episode, episodes yeah, ago. Yeah. And you were saying how much... You've never Don't like them. Yeah. Avant-garde bollocks. Yeah. Uh, which, which I get. I get. Disappear at their own arseholes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I knew they had this in them. And this was like... 
the demo from it. And I was like, see, I want how much of that is pattern embellishment, and how much of that is fact. Because my pattern loves to embellish a story. He loves to sort of send you down one path, and then, yeah. and then you know, why do you think, you know, I'll go down this path, but you actually travel down this path. This pattern's directed to travel down. Yeah. I think they just do whatever they want to do. And when they got together, they were kids. I mean, proper kids, like yeah. 14, 15. And I think Thrash was big then. So they were like, yeah, we're going to be a Thrash band. And like, they all sort of like... See, uh, I, I would buy into that. I yeah. would, if it wasn't for the fact that when they were touring, yeah. and now the new members of the band are Dave Lombardo and Scott Ian. Yeah, yeah. You know, so how much of this is like, let's bring these in and pretend it was part and parcel of our history. Right, okay. Yeah. I assume, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Bring in the player, the main players well, from, from the like genre. Scott Ian's Scott Ian's Bobby, like, what? And then they start doing, you know, covers of Sit There by the, by the Crumb Suckers. You're thinking, what? <laughs> what? 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 What's going on? And then they release that single, yeah. uh, cover USA, Exploited yeah. USA. And, you know, while the Exploited are a dire, shambolic, awful band led by a fat band's Weijin Bellin. That's a pretty good song. Yeah, they've got like the exploited have like four good songs. That's probably one of them. And then Mr. Bungle will do it and make it even better than the exploited did. Yeah. So what if you can? And even though he's like got a bit of royalties, must be crying himself to sleep realizing that somebody does his music better than he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Trace Spurrier's uh, guitarist has always had. Sorry, bass player. Guitarist, bass player. No idea. He's always had that sort of thrashing uh, thing. Right. Um, so I think it's, I mean, Patton, you know, sort of has gone, went off and did various different things. And he's probably got an album for every genre of music. Well, I know he's worked a lot with Lombardo as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Lombardo's his go-to guy. Yeah, yeah, sort of meeting of the minds. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's, um, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it exists as a demo, which is a demo team. Right. So the bones of it is there. Yeah. I think they've just gone and got the best players from that genre. Right. And gone, look, this kick 1986's ass <laughs> but at the same time the very last song on the record yeah or one song on the record is has made SOD acceptable and palatable again <laughs> because they transform what was a really you know sort yeah. of, at the time like close to the knuckle tongue in cheek sort of yeah piss take into something that's actually more relevant and yeah, yeah. politically astute yeah last well, I mean you know they are like an avant-garde sort of jazz sort of metal rock fusion funk do whatever the hell they want to yeah so and it, you go on the forums on Facebook and it, it makes me laugh because these people think they know that they go this is not a Mr. Bungle record Mr. Bungle do whatever the fuck they want to do whenever they want to do so yeah. it's exactly a Mr. Bungle record and it's exactly the type of move they would do you know it's just pattern being pattern yeah you know if you want to put a thrash metal like, this would be the best damn thrash metal album you've ever heard you know, and yeah, then, and it, you know, <clears throat> it's thrash, best thrash metal alpha in a while. Yeah, I'll be honest. It yeah. really is good. Um, so, very crossovery. Yeah, <clears throat> very reminiscent of the cues. Very reminiscent of like fratricide and septic death as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just pure power. And you imagine Scott, you know, a wave of a time playing these proper thrash riffs. Yeah. You know? Well, this is the one they were doing the, the just for lockdown. They were doing the the shows in America. People are like, yes, Mr. Bungle are back. You know, they had all these people going to the show, and they just stood there, going all Patton all, and Scott and Lombardo, <laughs> who are all going like, on stage, uh, like, you know. Thrashing about it. Right? And, like, people are like, yeah, now where's the, um, you know, where's, um, where's the weird stuff? Yeah, where's my asses on fire, yeah. and where's, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's um, pink cigarettes, you know, all these jazz numbers. I don't know any of that stuff, thank God. I, I like it, I really, I'm a big Patton fan, so Aiden Patton. Yeah, but, you know, I, I also imagine some evenings, you sit in front of the TV in you know, like a <laughs> velvety dressing gown with a plastic bubble pipe, blah, 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 yeah. blow bubble, you know, pretending to watch artistic documentaries on Skype. Dropping the needle on a, on a jazz record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having a little Tommy Tagwood vision by the way. Hello. Yeah, so go check that out for sure. Yeah. It's on Ipecac Records, uh, which is Patton's label. Um, it's the Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny demo, redone for 2020. Uh, and it it's, sounds superb. You know, it's it, absolutely it, brilliant. And I don't like Mr. Bungle. I love this record. <laughs> This is Roger from Agnostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. Okay, let's stay on that sort of same vibe. Let's deep dive. Deep dive. A classic band. It's the Chromax. So, I mean, you you know, you start and end with Age of Quarrel, I think. Yeah. In most hardcore arguments, doesn't it? You do. It's just such a groundbreaking record. For me, Mm -hmm. the Chromax, beginning and end of Age of Quarrel. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm not a massive fan of anything they did after that as a band. Yeah. It's all okay. Yeah, it's all musically, it's fine. Yeah. And um, probably it's still just, a lot better than like Chromax Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Especially what was the 90s ones? There was the uh, Alpha Omega and the, the Death, Death Experience. Experience. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's nothing new. Some of them try to go a bit sort of stadium rock sometimes. The thing is, the closest there's been to a second Chromax yeah. Was the last blood clot? Yes. Yeah. Because that's the natural follow up to Age of Quarrel. Yeah. I don't care what Harley says. I mean, Harley seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah. And he's got his shit together and he's a really sweet bloke. Mm hmm. Um, but to me, it's always that combination of his incredible forefront driving bass. Yeah. Mackie's hard hitting drums. Yeah. And John Joseph's vocals. JJ's vocals. Yeah. I couldn't give a shit was on guitar because, you know, Paris and Doug were always like interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's very rare that hasn't been as well, but the guitarist isn't really, you know, guitarist is usually a pivotal. Yeah, they, I just don't think they take a pivotal role because I don't think they were the premier songwriters. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's all. And I won't take anything away from Harley. I think that, you know, he was the premier songwriter for that album. So 86 really? was when Age of Quarrel came out. Were <clears> you? Yeah. When it as soon as it came out, or before that, or a little bit after. Okay. Um, so, for me, it started with a rustic front, of course, for a long. Yeah. And then, uh, so that hits, and then there's a Kerrang feature, like on Mega Melon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a picture of the Chromax inside playing on stage at CBG. Okay. And in this picture, Harley Kilmer is playing bass. Raging, you know, stripped out of the waist, big dragon tattoo across his chest. Yeah. And John's sort of airborne, semi. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, I've not heard this band for a <laughs> And then, um, I made Guff bought the record. Yeah. Uh, and I got, I think, something else, and we were sort of playing. And when, you, when the needle drops on Age of Bob for the first time, mm-hmm. you, you are just. Not for six because it's yeah. such an incredible record. No bad tracks, no, no one bad tracks. No, it's, it's all p- perfect from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not a moment where you go, 
or the energy's tipped a bit here or that this yeah. staffing here or that staffing there there's not a lot of it it's just incredible it was like the street cred of agnostic front with the energy of bad brains yeah smashed together um, with a bit of motor, yeah, bit of motorhead, and ACDC. Yes, very much. Yeah, yeah. Harley's very influenced by yeah. Harley's playing. And you just, and the anger and the fury in John's vocal performance on record. Yeah, you can hear every bit of yeah the sort of frustration and the you're not going to keep me down anymore. You know, yeah. you can stamp on me, but if you try to stamp on me, I'm going to get up and bust you in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of attitude that rubbed off on me then yeah and I sort of kept it still resonates now yeah yeah. I mean it's more under control now in the you know if you nudge me off in the supermarket I'm not going to turn around and hit you in the head with a can of beans anymore yeah <laughs> and the, temp- the temptation a- the temptation's there <laughs> don't get me wrong you know it's a pack of rice now so yeah, yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go uh, <laughs> I mean yeah I went through stages just going uh, fuck off <laughs> so am I right in saying did First time we saw Chrome Lives was when well, we went last year? No. No, you seen Chrome Lives before? I've seen oh, JJ's really version of the Chrome Lives before, so FE came with my TJ's. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it, I was sorry for that. FEK and FEK was basically the same, it's basically the same thing as the Chrome Lives we saw, mm. a different bass player. Yeah. Um, and that was the night I first met John. Okay. Um, so I talked to John, and interviewed John, did a massive interview with John. Yeah, and it's still one of my favourite interviews because basically all I did was I went press report and he goes and I went so John he goes it's like this and wham <laughs> for an hour <laughs> and I think I maybe said, I think I maybe said forty or fifty words in the whole thing yeah so I'm on tape for me for less than thirty seconds of an hour what I mean it's John talking and telling an incredible story and just telling you know all these wonderful tales from the early days in New York and not just hardcore but what it's like to what it's like to grow up in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just mental. Those, and those guys really miss the old New York, don't they? Oh, uh, those, yeah. those old like, stigma. Like, even Harley said it right. JJ, uh, they all miss what New York has become. Yeah, well, I mean, I went. I was in New York in '92, and it was still sort of a little bit moody. Yeah, like, yeah. Not nowhere near as moody as it had been. Yeah. Um, and there was still a powerful sense of. Ooh, yeah, fuck me. Underlying danger. Yeah, fuck me. I think I'm right now. This is <laughs> I like this. Yeah. <laughs> it, could, it could all kick off right now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I could be shanked. That's not the bit I wanted to be. Like, you know, I'm sticking off. I'm going to be shanked and everybody's going to rob my money. I'm going to have a big picture in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that sense of anything can happen at any moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the only other place I ever experienced that is in. South Street in Philadelphia. Okay. And um, that's, I mean, up in the gay quarter in Toronto. Right. Which is the best pizza in the world. Right. Um, that's a great time. We're streets. Hmm? We're streets, but best pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just I just love the idea that anything can go down at any given moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sense of edginess. Well, I think that, that on all the classic New York records, that, that comes up, doesn't it? Yeah, that comes flying out in a you know with a sheer terror map or chromags, all of them. They all got that underlying danger. So when these you, these guys are the real deal. So when did you first encounter the chromags? Um, so when the Age of Coral review was because that was quite popular on the, on the rock. Sorry, not Age of Coral. We got to know. Yeah, video. 
That was quite uh, popular around uh, 1991. Well, there's a massive rotation after that because yeah. I think they were using that to push Best Wishes. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a great record, great yeah. crossover record, but it's not a Chromax record. And you couldn't buy Chromax for shit in Wales. Mm. We, there was a bunch of us on the planet Chromax. I remember around 93, 94, a bunch of us went up to uh, London. Uh, what was the big record shop in particular? Tower? Tower, yeah. And uh, I picked up the Cro-Mags Best Wishes split. Yeah. Uh, the Age of Quarrel Best Wishes split. Oh, the, um, the one on profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. The Rock Hotel reissues. Yeah. Because they did the first two albums by loads and loads of bands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it's well, best wishes for. So yeah, that was my that was my intro to um my proper intro. Like you say, as soon as you whack it, you're like, oh, Christ. and you can tell the difference between back, you know, age of quality. Like oh, it gets the best wishes. Like, nah. It's a don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong, best wishes is a good record, but it's a crossover record. It's, it's, yeah, it's a metal record by Chromag standard. It's not. Well, yeah, by any um, other metal crossover. Well, Harley is a fantastic songwriter. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I not like the new stuff, but it's missing JJ. Yeah. Um, Harley's okay vocals, but it's not Gigi. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy any of the side projects? So we talked about Blood Class. Like Both Worlds, remember those? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was it was kind of trying to be a bit different, like be like a bit like boom in places. Yeah, it's just not my sort of thing and I just felt like you know, it's not John's kind of thing, he's trying to branch out and push himself further. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't he wasn't putting his heart and soul into it. Like he does with Blood Club. When yeah. you hear, when you see you know, hear him do this blood class stuff. Shit. Yeah, yeah. No. White Devil, enjoy that with Harley. No. Bobby from Bye I saw the live. No. In Holland, Dynamo. That's Paris Mayhew, Bobby Hamble, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like, there's two lineups now, isn't there, which is ridiculous. There's Chromax JM. Yeah. Which is my Chromax, I know it's your Chromax. And then there's Chromax, which is Harley. Yeah. For me, yeah, JJ Mackey, that's Chromax. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind the Harley's got the name Chromax, and I think he deserves to own it. I really do. Yeah. Um, but I think that what Chromax JM was is now going to be Blood Club. Because John hasn't announced the line of Blood Club. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's. I think Mackey's going to be in there. Mackey's just an incredible drummer. That, that guy got so much. Uh, Rizzo and swinging and that, yeah, just, it's just a natural yeah and when you see that natural players he is Mr. Natural yeah there's no I always remember um, going to see probably in the uh, the concert outside the museum in Cardiff it was the uh, Fun Loving Criminals Fun Loving Criminals I went specifically to see Mackie <laughs> not see Huey like just to see yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind a bit of uh, Fun Loving Criminals but I was like Mackie's playing. The yeah, but Mackie. he's not he's not doing Mackie, he's just doing everything. Yeah, he was all smooth, like in you know, jazz yeah. beats, but it's still still Mackie. Because like, yeah. like Huey's like a uh, New York version of Hugh Hefner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And he's really smooth and really yeah. you know, sort of suave. But you know down well that he'd take you out back and glass you. Yeah. <laughs> For a line of cocaine, he just there's, there's, there's no way around it. Like, yeah. yeah, he's Huey Morgan. So you enjoying new Chromax? Your stuff with just Harley, um, ish, yeah. The thing is, I, th- I would enjoy it a lot more if I hadn't heard the Blood Court record, yeah, yeah, 
you know. Makes so, you miss the chromax, doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, and the, the blood clot album was just superb. Because well. you can see the two elements, you can see the two elements. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. But listen to the blood clot record. It's got that sense of urgency and energy that the chromax records just have. Yeah, yeah. And it's got the songs that just go on forever, massive choruses. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. I will sing his praises and forever and a day more because I just love that album. It's so one of my top albums the last decade. Yeah. So we love Chromax in all the guises, but we just wish they could get them back together. Which is I don't know if it work. I think there's too much bad blood going on. Yeah, I think, I think now, that, yeah. you know, there's no way those guys would ever see. Even since the 90s when they did make up for 10 minutes, it's, there's yeah. more bad blood now. I, you know, I don't think there's enough money in the world to put yeah. those two on the same stage. Yeah. I really don't. All right, cool. Well, let's have a little track then. Um, these boys, um, these boys, these boys, these boys, boys, boys. On Engineer Records, it's called Scary Hours. Uh, this is called Worthwhile Victims. Scary Hours with Worthwhile Victims. The album's called Margins. It premiered in the UK on Mass Movement uh, on the 27th of November. So make sure to go to massmovement.com to check that out. .co.uk, you bellend. .co.uk. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, dear. I've had half a glass of porter and I'm off with the fairies. <laughs> Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because... You're a sensible, clever, smart individual. Okay, let's talk wrestling. We haven't talked wrestling in a while. No. Uh, and there's uh, one of the all-time greats, if not the all-time greats. He's bowing out this month. Finally, he says, it's The Undertaker. Um, 30th anniversary. It's his 30. It's going to be Survivor Series, uh, which is where he debuted. Yeah. 30 years of The Undertaker. What do you, what do you think when you think Undertaker? <coughs> Dead man. <laughs> classic. The classic matches. What I think is going to be Hell Cell and McFoley. Yeah, and it's going to be the two matches with HBK mm-hmm. at uh, WrestleMania. When he retired, HBK for the first time. Yeah, and then and then the Hell Cell with Triple H, sort of Triple H doing the avenging my yeah. friend sort of angle. But yeah, classic, classic wrestling matches. The likes of which I haven't seen since. See, I would argue that the Undertaker is the greatest of all time. 
Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that. I would argue with you when you say that because I, I would not. I don't class him as the greatest of all time. Oh, no, no, he's arguably. I mean, he's... Yeah. He's, he's among them. He's among them. Yeah, he's, right? he's got to be a top three. Um, I mean, we're, 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 we're a pro, pro flair here. Yeah. <laughs> top ten? No. Top Do you know, for somebody who's had a gimmick, though, and lived that gimmick, I mean, flair comes in this category. Yeah. But I imagine it was easier for flair to, to, have, to have act like a comedy. All, all flair did, right, was he just... It, like most wrestlers turn themselves up when they go in the ring and yeah. they, turn them, they magnify their personality all Ric Flair did when he went in the ring was turn himself down yeah. because apparently he was 20 times worse yeah I'd read that but you know behind the curtain than he was in the ring you know as, as yeah. being Ric Flair like woo woo yeah first one to the bar yeah last one at the bar all the ladies yeah and this was like up until recently so he's, he's not bullshitting or embellishing anything no. you know? he's just telling it like it is you know you know, Rolex wearing, jet flying. I mean, yeah, well, so what, you know, what entails a good career? I mean, The Undertaker's had singular. The Undertaker's had an incredible career. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's like, reinvented himself as the American badass. Yeah. And, the stuff. and for a dude that size who can actually fly, yeah. that's what always surprises me. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was when he, what he, and what he did as well. he's flying 20 years to his career when his niche has been gone completely. Yeah. What would the thing about took me about The Undertaker was how much he got into the, the character I mean he used to walk slowly yeah so when suddenly you see him spring off a rope and dive out, out of this well, you're was, like holy hell that was the thing with Wrestlemania whenever the other takers come up to me yeah they start his entrance music and you go right and now I know I've got time to go and make a cup of tea yeah and you can go yeah. and make a cup of tea and come and sit back down and the druids just be coming out and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even halfway at the ring yeah yeah yeah, you know? yeah. so yeah I well, what a career though I mean you know he had a fabulous career yeah um Undoubtedly, and he's had some incredible matches. Like I said, but unfortunately, when everybody thinks about the Undertaker, the first thing they ever, ever think about match-wise is the match you said first. Hell so. Hell so. Yeah. Mick Foley. And he don't, they don't essentially wrestle there. That's the. He just they get up on top, trade a couple of blows, and then Undertaker throws Mick Foley off the top of the cell. My brother-in-law said to me uh, today, funny enough, something about that. He goes, "That's the match you show to people who are not wrestling fans. You want it? You was like, no. yeah." You go look. This is what wrestling's about, you know. And then, then they get, you might get them interested in. Like, well, when somebody says to you, "Wrestling's fake," oh yeah, check yeah. this shit out. Check this out. Yeah, yeah. Fake that. Oh, it's that. Uh, it's that and like Shane McMahon's uh, match with Kurt Angle at King of the Ring. Looking off the Titan Tron. Well, you know, King of the Ring, where they're throwing each other through the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That yeah. was brutal. That's yeah. one of the most brutal matches I've ever seen. Yeah. And again, when Steve Blackman knocks off Shane McMahon off the Titan Tron. Yeah. Yes, he's fallen into padding, and yes, you know. Whereas JR says, oh my god, he must be 120 feet up as God's man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever JR says, you half that distance yeah. and then yeah. take away 10 feet. So he's maybe doing 50 foot up. Yeah. If that, more like 30. But um, clever camera. I mean, he came up in a, in a, in a good era too. Mm. He got the arse end of like the Hogan's and all that. And yeah. He worked with Brett and Shawn Michaels and the Kevin Nash and all well, that. Well, then he asserts his Reed. dominance on, on the whole. Yeah. So he sort of segues into the attitude era yeah and does the whole ministry thing with Vince McMahon so you, you know you could legitimately pit him against like Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah yeah you know I mean you know you've got to have, you're only as good as your opponent I think you know, you know hmm. how, how you work with but everybody says how easy it is to work with Taker it's like a night off yeah Triple H is in, in, in the documentary saying this documentary about Taker yeah on the WWE Network and Triple H is saying working with Undertaker is like a night off because he's that easy to work with you, you know, you go in, you're doing this, you're dropping an elbow, you, you know, you're taking the slam. 
easy. Um, he's that good to work with, you know. He's smooth. He's not going to hurt you. He's going to protect you. And that's what makes a legend for me, you know. Yeah. As well. He's just he's seamless. And he's always backed up with good characters too. Paul Bearer uh, to start with. Sorry, Brother Love to start with. Yeah. Brought him in. Then Paul Bearer. Then they brought in Kane. And then when Kane was done, they brought in Mankind as like a... That's a foil, and yeah. Yeah, as Paul Bearer went yeah. with Mankind, didn't he? And, uh, so he's always had good backup characters to... He's had something to feed off. Yeah. Someone to feed him the energy to make him seem worse than he is. Like yeah. With the Ministry, with Undertaker and Vince McMahon, so you've got the two of them. Yeah. Sort of sparring him. And, and, you know, Vince McMahon's a bit of a dickhead. Oh, yeah, he is. But he is the ultimate heel performer. Yeah. Nobody yeah. does heal as good as Vince does. Yeah. Nobody. I don't care who you are. No, that's right. Like, when you put that man on the screen, you're watching. Yeah, he's He is like, oh, he's pure magnetism on screen. Yeah. Because he knows what's going to get you. Well, Stone Cold was up to the top of the thing. Yeah, yeah. he got wrestling ability. He was, he, was, he was that good, Stone Cold was. But to put him keeping on the top echelon was Vince McMahon and that rivalry. Oh, I mean... <laughs> When, when Stone Cold beats the shit out of Vince McMahon with bed, that's one of the, that's yeah. my favourite moments in wrestling. And yeah. the beer, when he's swimming in the beer, yeah. he soaks him in the beer. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh my god. It's absolute classic. It's almost as good as price check for a jacket. That's yeah. Stone Cold's beating the shit out of Booker T with a pizza. A frozen pizza in a supermarket. Yeah. You, you can't sell it. Nobody else apart from those two could have sold that match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A supermarket aisle match, you know, where literally the only thing Booker T's been hit with are like, Cereal boxes, cereal and boxes, pizza. and pizzas, yeah. <laughs> and he's selling it like this. So you know, he's yeah, been hit yeah. with a hammer. Oh, you know, and he just—it's just brilliant. It's that perfect art of like comedy and, yeah. and selling. The only thing about the second now is like he's going down that path where he doesn't realize he's finished, and he wants that. Like a few years ago, he had that match with John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah. He laid his hat and his coat down. Insinuating that was it. I think he walked away thinking that's it. Yeah. You know, after he healed up, he was like, I'm not done. I got some more stuff in the tank. Yeah. And he went back and he had two awful matches. He had the one with Kane, him and Kane versus DX. Shawn Michaels came out of retirement as well. It was a car crash. It was absolutely awful. And then in the Saudi Arabia match against Goldberg, which was one of the worst matches of all time. And he doesn't want he can't leave his legacy like that now. So he has to bow out on top and it's, it's hard to see this old guy now who was once the king of it all struggling for that one but you, moment yeah, but it's like there's a moment when after struggle with the neck operation yeah and when he came back and they pushed him in the back I think too early yeah and he's got a folding chair and he used the folding chair to actually stand up and you're thinking oh, yeah he yeah. back too early you know yeah and it's that moment when you know this is where you draw the line you've got to go this is the time to go this is the time to quit yeah. while there's still some of you left he's got to recognise yeah he's got to recognise now that this is it now Sunday I'm not sure if he's going to get involved uh, in a match per se but there's going to be some sort of angle for him yeah there'll be some send off yeah you know, somebody's getting choke slammed and uh, somebody get choke slammed somebody might get last righted yeah that'll be it yeah don't expect any more from the dude because yeah. he's given all he has to give yeah. he's, he's left, left all it all in the ring you yeah. know he is his legacy is incredible. I, I know you say he had those two final matches and they were a bit pissy and a bit poor. Yeah. But everything he's done before that yeah. point counts for far more than those two final matches. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, he is. And he should look at that too. He, he, but I, th- I think he's got that, you know, from that documentary, I, mean, I don't know 
like, yeah. <laughs> we're from that documentary. He, he, he's, uh, he's too proud of a person to go out like that. Yeah, well, there's a reason he's the phenom, and that's that's it, you know. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, yeah. just part of now and be done with it. And you know, thank you for a great career, Jesus. I mean, he's been there since I was a kid. Thank you, Taker. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Taker. Okay, and that's the end of it. That's it all. That's all we got for you. Is it? That is all we have for you. So it's time for shout out to him. Would you want to give a shout out to him? Oh, David Earth Island for for what we're going to get us Yeah, man. As always, Britain assert because you know Steve is just one of the. <laughs> <laughs> Steve. Yeah, cool. We'll shout out Fierce Beer from Aberdeen. For their peanut porter. Yeah, Beer 52. Because um, they're knocking it out of the park. I mean, I was, I was skeptical about those guys, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Having random beers sent to me, I thought. But. Having ran, it's, there's nothing wrong with having random beers sent to you. I wish lots of people would send me random beers. <laughs> yes, send me random beers. <laughs> Bring them on, we'll be it, we'll be it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're selection every time they knock on the park, maybe. Uh, shout out to Energy. Because uh, that, awesome. that that is such a great drink. That was, yeah. I'm not into any drinks whatsoever. And I don't even want to have a piss now. It's amazing. No. Last time I had any energy drinks, I was driving to Liverpool at like five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and I drank a whole can of it, and I was just bursting for a piss. Like I thought, oh, I'm just going to pee my pants and go on Be done with it. And uh, I pulled this carriage, like I was like, get used to the yeah, it's back there. It's a trucker trying to sweep muscles away. It's like, get the fuck out of my way. Literally, chop. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's a carriage match and it's on! It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you to the They Live We Sleep. Uh, great new track. Look forward to what they got to come next year. And uh, thank you to Engineer Records, our sponsors, as always. Um, if you want to go get involved with us, go to the Patreon page <clears throat> where we offer lots of different services. <laughs> um, all for money, all for yeah, money. Yeah, all for money, but get involved with the show. We'd love to have you on. Uh, and that's for with him. It is. So uh, we'll see you again soon. All go fuck yourselves. We'll see you soon. Ta ta. <laughs> bye bye. Movement presents. Movement presents.